why do you keep practicing that? And he said, because I think I'm finally making progress. Right. So, so that's kind of, that's kind of the, the mindset and the concept of mastery is this realization that there is this amazing lifelong pursuit and there's real magic and in the grind. You are now listening to the Unrelenting Humans podcast. My name is Lonnie. I am your host. And on this episode, we are talking to the man of mastery himself, Michael Bullock. I don't know if you guys listened to his podcast where he interviewed me just last week, but I first came across the podcast Man of Mastery when I was getting ready for my ACL surgery. And if you know me, you know that I love podcasts about resiliency, grit, just self-improvement and just bettering your life. So I was very excited to talk to him to see what made him create the Man of Mastery podcast and what that means and what his hopes are to do, what he's trying to bring to the world with the this implementation of the Man of Mastery because um, it's not just a podcast. It is a whole mindset and there's training that he is working on to help the youth really tune in to mastering themselves if they could learn what we learn as adults at a young age just how much greater this world would be so it's very exciting i'm looking forward to everything that he is doing i hope you guys check out his podcast um don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, uh, check out the mini cast on YouTube, and thank you for listening. Uh, I have really been been anticipating this interview because I've listened to your podcast and I've listened to you interview other people, but I don't know much about your story and your why. My why. Okay, that's a powerful place to start. Uh, well, we can start a little bit. If you could just tell the audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and about your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Michael Bullock. I have, uh, I was born in the Midwest. I grew up most of my life in, in Georgia. Uh, my parents are, uh, both, uh, sort of first, second generation, um, from England, uh, sorry, from Europe. So my, my dad's family is all Irish. My mom's family is predominantly Italian. So, you know, both kind of the just hard work ethic, coming to make a better life for themselves and their family sort of mentality, which I think got instilled in, uh, in me and, and my brother and how we've approached life. Um, so I, I grew up there in the Southeast, went, uh, went away for school, um, studied and then have worked professionally sort of all across North America as a business process and technology consultant for the last 25 years or so and being active active lifestyle sport sort of how i perform on the field how i perform in my personal life how i perform at work has always sort of been 
an underlying theme to what I sort of thirsted to learn and get better at and, and do. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, a few years ago, I created a, a brand and a podcast uh, that's launching into sort of much more now called Man of Mastery. And it's really about exactly that. It's about building ourselves into better human beings, about going out and learning and applying and, and sharing best practices in, in human development. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really sort of about training for life. I really love the name, Man of Mastery. So, well, how you grew up, would you say it contributed to your thirst for betterment? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think part of that, I, you know, I kind of mentioned the the heritage and the cultural background because I think there is a, there's a work ethic there that permeates, which you know we call it different things these days. Maybe we call it grit. Maybe we call it resilience. You know, you and I both uh, have a an affinity for Spartan racing, and there was a great post that Joe DeSena of Spartan Race posted from I think Ed Milet uh, a day or so ago. That just sort of uh-huh. talks about the the willingness to go that extra repetition when you're working out, go that extra 1% and whatever it might be that you're practicing or executing in life. And, you know, having, having that mindset creates a, a compounding effect that becomes uncommon in your practice and in your results. So, yeah, I think, I think part of that was, was gifted to me in the way that I was raised and grew up. And then, uh, it is certainly a, a situation where I've, you know, I've gone out and um, gotten myself educated and then grew a career. And whether it is climbing that, that curve from a career perspective, or as a, you know, a lifelong athlete, or whatever, you know, whatever somebody's pursuits might be, I think the same principles apply. If, if you yeah. have that fire, and you have that passion, um, it, it shows up in the ways that you go about things. And yeah, that's, I think certainly the, the case in somehow my upbringing um, looks today as I look backwards on it, getting close to 50 years old and being a father myself. It, it's, it's a lot about how I now run my life and what I try to, sh- try to share with others. And, and in particular, as you know, with my 12 year old boy. Right. No, no. Cause I was thinking, um, cause I noticed in certain cultures that they do, um, I, uh, what would I call it? Uh, <laughs> they, they just have, yeah, a different work ethic and they tend to have more, I don't know. Uh, I don't even know what the words are that I'm thinking of, but it's just that they treat everything like they would their job. They don't like half-ass anything it's the their their values their values are very different or i don't know yeah I'm gonna... you know i, I think I, I know a little bit of what you're getting at or, or maybe i'll share this is that at the same time you know that that hard driving apply it to everything maybe almost too serious sort of approach to everything in life can can swing maybe too far the other way as well you know i, mm-hmm. I know growing up i had i had um, other folks in my life, extended family members kind of go like, Hey, you know, uh, don't put too much pressure on yourself, <laughs> you know, especially when you're, 
when you're still young, you know, you're a kid or you're in school or whatever, you, you do see some cultures or just some people that, that um, really apply a lot of pressure to themselves. And in what the way that I've been training in particular with more of a, a, of a framework and the construct I've been using for the last maybe five years or so and, and what you've seen a little bit, bit of as, as you've gotten to know some of me and, and my son. And when I say training, you know, a lot of this looks just like physical training, but it is, and we can get into some of this if, if it serves your audience and you would like, but the, um, it's, it's really an integrated training and there's a lot more to it that starts with the physical, but there's more to it than that. And, and so I think that's just my way kind of tie it back to that point of approaching things from a holistic manner. You know, there are times to work hard. You have to balance fun and family and life and, and all those kind of things. So I think there are probably, you know, some people that could use maybe a bit more of a, of a kick in the shorts or, you know, some, <laughs> some hardship um, to learn the value of pushing through that and growing on the other side of adversity. And there are other people that, you know, maybe have had it harder or, just taking themselves a little too seriously and can find some ways to have some more fun and, and um, more well-rounded in their training and development. Definitely. Speaking of adversity, what type of adversities have you had to overcome to get to where you are today? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And it's, um, I mean, I feel like it is not only a timely, but uh, you know, almost a little bit of a sensitive topic with a lot of things that the world is, is struggling with. And, and this country in particular right now, you know, there are a lot of emotions and I think a lot of this, um, goes way beyond, but is aggravated by the, what, what people have been challenged by in COVID and quarantine and, and being separated from each other and loved ones and things like that, you know, it just, it makes things a lot harder. Um, yes, but and, and so I guess that's that's part of my way of saying that you know I love what you do and profile with your show and unrelenting humans. A, a lot of whom have very very significant physical, mental, emotional, or or other um, challenges. It's so so inspiring to see, um, mm -hmm. and so um, you know I look at. Uh, our friend Nathan, or I look at a lot of the folks you profile and I got no excuses. I've had it easy. Right. <laughs> um, and I, you know, a lot of us could say that, but at the same time, you can't sit there and get hung up in, well, I didn't get presented a, enough of a challenge to, to grow out of it because the reality is we've all got challenges, um, yeah. big and small and, and what may seem like something big or small to somebody else is completely relative, right? So you don't know what's going on behind somebody's closed doors or in their head or what they might be struggling with. So I guess I just right. want to put that out there to say, um, you know, I'll answer your question, but by no means do I think that, that my challenges are anything like the amazing work that I've seen, you know, some of your guests do. Um, but, you know, probably, again, I think it's, it's easy to um, talk most about the physical realm of things. Um, yeah, but the mental is even bigger because just uh, sometimes your worst enemy is your own mind. And then there's another like unique 
part about you without having challenges like that is that you're untouched in that way. So you don't really have any, uh, anything triggered by seeing other people's challenges and you can actually look at other people and help them more because you don't have that or those, those experiences. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fortunate. I'm lucky and I appreciate it every day. Um, I, I'll tell you, you know, probably one of my harder stories um, in terms of, of physical is uh, when I was so almost 20 years ago. So I'm, I'm a tall guy. I think a lot of a lot of taller folks struggle for some reason with uh, lower back problems. So mm -hmm. I, you know, looking back um, beyond an injury I had to my back, I, I realize now like signs that were there for years and probably just not looking after my form and doing, you know, taking falls and in sports and, and, you know, whatever it might be. So all this sort of built up and was sort of the proverbial camel that broke the, the back. I, I <laughs> suffered a really bad back injury. I, I blew out um, two lumbar discs pretty badly Ouch. and um, tried to sort of get through it. And again, was not very good at, 29, 30 years old at listening to my body and realizing there's a time to rest and heal and recover. And I just kept pushing and I made it even worse to the point where, um, I mean, I was, uh, I could, I would get out of bed in the morning and it was a, um, a struggle to effectively crawl to the bathroom sink and to bend over the sink and shave for work, you know, was an, it, it pushed me to exhaustion. I'd collapse in a cold sweat. And I'd have to rest before I could get a shower and then I'd have to recover from that. And I could make it through maybe a half day at work because I just couldn't even sit. Um, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I wouldn't wish a back injury on, on anyone. And you just said you didn't go through anything. <laughs> no. Well, you know, eventually I had surgery and we don't understand how to fix backs very well. And so it became a huge, huge improvement but there is no perfect fix. And so then it's, it's something that you deal with. Uh, and yeah. so you deal with it, not only physically and figuring out how to, you know, um, care for it. So I do things in terms of, um, flexibility and mobility and, and I might have to modify or skip different things or be cautious in other areas and, you know, things like that, you, you, you deal with it, but, and, and you and I have talked about this a little bit in, in your recovery from your injury, it mm -hmm. sticks with you mentally. So this is almost 20 years ago. And there are still days where that, you know, that nagging doubt sort of pops in is like, oh my gosh, did I just do it again? <laughs> or did well, I re-injure it? Or what if I did, you know, that fear factor? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a factor that, that definitely comes into play with any injury. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so that is something, you know, that I've had to work through and recover from. And, and it did take a long time. And I wasn't sure if I could get back to doing some of the things I was doing before. And I am really grateful every time I get to go out and do the things physically that I'm passionate about doing now, because having gone through that, I, I don't, you know, I don't take it for granted whatsoever. Um, you know, I think it does, it does show up in some different ways. And in some uh, types of flexibility and mobility that I would love to be better at in the, in the sports yeah. I pursue, but you know, we, we deal with what we got and uh, right. we keep moving forward. 
I would I would have never really guessed that because I mean I see you so active. I see you doing the Spartan races and I see you active with your son. So yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't know. But would you say that being active helps it? Yeah, hundred um, percent. And and that almost seems counterintuitive, but if there are, you know, I've gone I've gone stretches of days where I don't keep up with being active, exercise, working out, whatever that might be, for whatever reason. Maybe you know something like sitting on the plane for a long trip, or I've just sat in a chair and worked and and not looked after my exercise for a few days. My back is worse. And then when I go out and do things that move those joints and, you know, move blood around or maybe create space in the joints for nutrients and healing, you know, whether that's explicitly through some mobility work or um, I've found a particular set of yoga movements that seem to help it. And everybody's favorite for whatever reason, burpees, burpees seem to really, <laughs> really help my back. So yeah, um, maybe, you know, sometimes you think, well, gosh, if it, hurts because of movement, I shouldn't move, but I'm firmly convinced that staying active is, is a huge key. Right. Yeah, no, I would burpees help it. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like a prescription. Right. Well, it is one of the best exercises I, I think because it's a full body thing. And, uh, from what I hear is that, uh, with back pain is if you strengthen it, it helps with the back pain. So it could be. That's what they say. Core, core strength, they say, um, which yeah. means lots of planks and other fun stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. So um, I noticed you, you were talking about your brand. So what is in store for Man of Mastery? What's coming up? What's coming up? Yeah, good question. Well, I guess let me let me share a little bit about why the name or, or sort of what it relates to um, this, this uh -huh. idea of a mastery journey is mm -hmm. it's almost the, you know, the antithesis of sort of the modern desire for a silver bullet for, you know, get, get rich quick, get fit, quit quick type of thing. You know, it's not the infomercial that says do this and in 21 days or 30 days, you're going to be done. This is a lifelong journey and it's a concept that I think inherently we all get is that there is no mm -hmm. easy path that, um, you know, that's part of the, the excitement of life is it's not a straight journey. It, there are zigs and zags, you know, we, we have ups and downs, things like success really are not events. They are processes that unfold over a long period of time, uh, because you, they're the, the compounding effect. So, um, to put it in terms of a, of a book I read, uh, I think it's George Leonard on, on mastery. He talks about it in terms of some different sports like, like tennis or his study of the martial art of Aikido is you, you have these very visible points of, of success or progress, you know, where you, you get promoted or you, you know, you moved up in a belt level or you see your game improve or, you know, whatever it is um, that you can apply it to uh, even you know, being a musician, but the, yeah. the real magic happens in sort of those plateaus where you're just doing the work day after day after day, you know, however that happens, if it's muscle memory or whatever that might be. Um, I heard a great quote that I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get uh, a little bit wrong, but uh, the other day it was about a, 
an aging, you know, I don't know, 80, 90 year old master musician on, on some instrument. And, uh, he had a daily practice of some fairly basic, uh, musical Mm -hmm. mechanics. And, and somebody asked him why you keep practicing that. And he said, because I think I'm finally making progress. Right. So, so that's kind of, that's kind of the the mindset and the concept of mastery is this realization that there is this amazing lifelong pursuit and there's real magic and in the grind, in the, in the daily work. So what I've been doing around that and what it looks like, you know, really starting with myself and, and with my son and that, um, that I love sharing with others is the integrated training I mentioned, we, we train the physical and, and use that physical as a springboard to other things that we integrate. So for, um, I, I'll give you an example. So when we train, we try to make it hard physically, but then we're really conscious about our, how we're breathing during our training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're very conscious about our mindset as we train and keeping it, um, you know, you, if you start to watch your thoughts, you can observe when you get down on yourself and you, you know, you're doing something hard physically. Are you thinking, yeah, you know, I, I got this. I, I can see myself succeeding. Or are you thinking like, there's no way I'm going to make it through this hundred reps. You know, you can start to, you can start to play with that and you can start to do things like set micro goals, which apply mm-hmm. again, could be a big project at work. It could be, how do I run? you know, a marathon. Well, it's, it's really one, one step at a time. And so we, we just, those are some examples of some things that we layer in together to not only exercise the physical, but you mentioned the emotional um, and the mental and kind of the spiritual, all those things that package together. So that's really what the flavor of, of what I am studying and sharing and applying um, looks like. The way that that is growing in the brand is I still love doing the podcast because I get to meet and learn from amazing people like like you and, and others all the time. So I, I really mm-hmm. love sharing that. I, 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 that is going to continue for sure. And then there's a, there's a few other things I've got kind of in the works. Uh, I have a, a small, so it's, it's, you know, man of mastery. So I've been working directly with, with a group of, of guys and the idea where that's headed is, um, I, I think one of the things that particularly, um, high performing individuals might have trouble finding around them is, is a peer group of people who sort of think and drive themselves in a similar way. Uh, Definitely. And, and in, in, in particular, that will hold them accountable and sort of call BS when, you know, they're, they're fooling themselves or somebody else. So Mm -hmm. I, I kind of look at life and I go, well, you know, there's, there's this hierarchy of needs. And once we get past um, shelter and and food and the basics and then clothing, and and then, you know, we start talking about um, uh, building, you know, building financial safety in addition to physical safety yeah, you start to look for meaning and things. And, um, ultimately, you know, whatever we might accumulate in terms of, of, of dollars or wealth or physical or whatever, you don't take it with you. It is, um, it's really about people and experiences. I think those are the really rich things in life. So with the, 
the adult men that I'm starting to work with, it's, it's just that putting together, uh, sort of a super cool group of, of guys who have a similar mindset like that, but, but maybe diverse background and interests, uh, networking, challenging each other, learning from each other and going to do some of this integrated training together. Um, not only maybe virtually right now, but in sort of epic places and ways together physically later when, when we can. So packaging up the, the training and the relationships and the experiences. Um, and where did you find this group? Where, where'd you find your tribe? My tribe? I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to sort of, as I step back and, and go like, what, what kind of guys would this look like? I think I, I had the opportunity to know a lot of them already over the course of my life or career and I've either kept in touch with or gotten back in touch with. And then, you know, one has led to another and, and been, been willing to, you know, sort of make an invitation or an opening. And then as you probably experienced, the podcast is such an amazing way to network and, and meet people. So a lot of it has extended out of that as well. So for now, you know, it's, uh, I don't, I don't know how big something that intimate can can get um but that's that's maybe the um the the tip of the spear if you will and then i you know i would like to i would love to really find ways to um, maybe interact more directly with a bigger group so i'm mm-hmm. not sure quite yet what that looks like in between the podcast end of the <laughs> spectrum and the sort of tip of the spear end of the spectrum and then um, I guess what I also wanted to mention, and I think, you know, you can, this might resonate with you as well. And, and we, we're going to need to talk further about this is, <laughs> you know, you, you, you see what um, my son and I are doing. Uh, one of the things I mentioned breath, right? Um, I, yeah. I say sometimes that I'm, I'm, I'm damn near 50 years old and I feel like I'm just learning to breathe. Meaning, yeah. meaning breathe the right way and different breathing techniques and where to apply them, how to breathe, you know, those kind of things I'm able to share with my son and share things like pre-race vis- visualization, a little routine that we go through and that type of stuff. So, you yeah. know, what a gift for us to be able to give our kids the things that we're learning now to work on for ourselves. So I have um, my other big thing that I've started working on is uh, a framework in which to take probably a, um, a little bit of a, of a subset of, the, of this uh, mindset and resilience sort of training and tools and, and package it in a way that is uh, taught in a way that kids would like to learn and yeah. that we can find a framework in which to teach them. Um, specifically, you know, my son's very involved in, in soccer, and I think team sports or sporting programs offer such a great metaphor for life and an opportunity to teach kids about resilience. But it's very rare that you find a program or a coach that does that explicitly. So I would love to take the kind of things that you and I are observing in adults and put it into a yeah. curriculum for children through sports. That is amazing. <laughs> I really love it. I love it. I love it because I am like always looking at things for the kids and I want to help the future generation. Like to, to be honest, 
<laughs> when I think of some things and some problems that are going on in the world, I think that the adults are just kind of stuck in their ways. And the best way to help anything is to focus on the children and helping them with their mindsets and What about kids that don't necessarily like or aren't really drawn to team sports? Do you think these things will help them? Yeah, I really do. I think you know you make a great point that for people who are at a point in life where they start thinking about legacy and what their life means, and that's part of the fun of this, right? Is how do you how do, how do you figure out those things? You know, you started with the question of why. Uh, so that's, that's some of what me and my tribe have been working on as well Is how do you, how do you unfold that for yourself and figure out what you want your life to look like at the end, if you were looking back or maybe mm-hmm. even now, you know, what, what would you look back and tell a younger version of yourself if you could? So it starts to put some perspective on how you want life to look by design, what you want legacy to look like. And, you know, gosh, what, what better legacy than than kids, right? And and leaving right. the world a better place through the the next human that you have the the honor to help bring into the world and, and raise. And yeah, I mean to your question, absolutely. So you know, you gotta you gotta pick your niche. And and so like if you ask me what's a good way to apply some of these same tools through music or creative arts, it's not something that I personally have as much experience with. And I, I don't have a great answer off the top of my head but when it comes to maybe the difference between team sports and something that's a more individual sport um maybe you know saying team sports is is the wrong way to say it so like here's a couple examples wrestling i was talking to a gentleman about yesterday his son wrestled and wrestling sort of like tennis and some other things that are individual competitions you might be playing a a singles tennis match but you're part of a team. So your singular results uh, collectively become part of the team results. And the, the, yeah. the same thing happens in wrestling, right? Or let's yeah. take let's take Spartan race. There is no team, right? Unless we're talking about the, the para-athlete category or something like that. But for our Spartan yeah. kids, they are running that race to individually try to place first, second, third, or the best that they can. However, there's still such an amazing community of those kids that push each other and set a great example for us as adults. So I, I, I definitely don't limit it to um, participating literally in a team sport. I think there's so many ways just to use as we use metaphors in Spartan, uh, uh, sorry, obstacles in Spartan as, as sort of metaphors for life's obstacles, you know, because you're, mm-hmm. some are easier for you than they are for others and vice versa and some will knock you down and you'll fail or sometimes you just have a good day or a bad day or get lucky like that's all the kind of stuff that happens in different ways in our lives so yeah we can absolutely still use the i think the same tools and teaching and, and opportunities really in, in any type of sport yeah okay definitely no <laughs> no yeah i guess uh I did take that a little wrong because I was thinking of just the, you know, the like basketball and football. <laughs> no, I mean, you took it the way I said it um, and that's on me. I, I just I, I think that comment or the way I said it probably reflects 
a little bit more of my uncertainty of, of what, you know, we, okay, great. We create it. What's the best way to roll it out? So when you mm -hmm. have a, um, maybe, maybe it's better to call it a, a structured sport or organization. So, you know, some way that has the framework in place to be able to bring it to the parents and their children that, that matter, it would be harder for example, to, um, to reach with scale to, uh, you know, the, the one parent who's taking their kid to the park to practice, um, I don't know, practice something Frisbee or something, right. <laughs> just, just right. a way it's, it's kind of a leverage model to get this in the right hands, uh, um, in, yeah. in the right timely manners, you know, to serve them. Yeah. All right. And you mentioned obstacles as you know, we hmm. know each other through mutual friends from Spartan yeah. <laughs> or Spartan races. Oh, yeah. And uh, what what is your hardest obstacle? What it, what obstacle on the course is most challenging for you? Hmm. That's a great question. I, I think um, so. I'll, I'll I'll buy myself a minute to 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 think of an answer, but. <laughs> I mean, part of, part of the way I love to think about it is that the answer two years ago would be different than the answer now, which is part mm -hmm. of the fun of it. So I, you know, we, look, I guess we could make excuses or we could, we could find ways to get better and stronger. I, I am, uh, I, I just, you know, bigger and taller. So I carry more weight than some of the athletes that might be physically a little more inclined to this sport, which is running long distances quickly and then maneuvering through obstacles. There aren't that many super heavy obstacles. So for a bigger guy, uh, moving something heavy, like a you know, 90, 100 pound rock or a 400 pound tire is not as big of a deal as it is for a 135 pound guy. Uh, at the same time, that, that smaller wiry guy who can probably you know, run like the wind uh, might naturally have a better strength to weight ratio for, for some of the hanging obstacles. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, a few years ago, uh, I was really challenged by twister and, and the rings, anything that was a, um, you know, a grip strength type of obstacle. And so, you know, what do you do? Well, you, you, you fix it, right? You go, go do dead hangs and spend more time hanging and swinging from rings and monkey bars and attack the weakness, right? So, now uh, I actually really look forward to those obstacles, and my success rate is is a lot, a lot higher. Um, what is hard? Oh, wow. You know, one that I, I think is is sort of interesting is the rope. Uh, I I actually I don't know if I, told, I ever told you my rope story, but I'll as quickly as I can. This is probably <laughs> like a drive by of my whole Spartan life. So my very first Spartan race ever, it was sort of around Labor Day 2015 mm -hmm. and a couple friends were over at the house and they're like, hey, we're, we, we did this obstacle course race thing called Spartan in this stadium in San Francisco and it was awesome. And there's one coming up here in Southern California in uh, Vail Lake Temecula in a couple weeks. Why don't you do it with us? And I'm like, yeah, great. I, you know, I plan soccer four days a week. I should, I could go run something. And so I went and, <laughs> and and it just, it absolutely crushed me. And I'm looking at these guys and I'm like, you said it was easy. And they're like, oh gosh, actually the stadium <laughs> one was easy, but now we're in the mud and the dirt and the dust. So, you know, we sort of gutted through it. And the, the last 
well, not counting the fire jump, the last obstacle was a rope. And I'd seen mm-hmm. people climb ropes before, but I'd never done it. Didn't know any technique and definitely didn't have the upper body and grip strength to just climb up it. Oh, wow. <laughs> but so I failed it. I failed it. And uh, so I'm there doing burpees and I'm the last one of our group. This is a sprint and it took me like well over two hours. And, and somebody from my group was like, dude, just don't worry about it. Don't, don't do the burpees. Just come on, let's, let's finish. I'm like, I started. And so I'm going to finish the 30 burpees and I'm going to finish. And it just, you know, the whole thing was so amazing, but it was so challenging that I, you had to kind of that gut check of, do you go back and do one or do you say, oh, I'm not so good at these. And so I go, yeah, I'm going to do another one. So I did, did another one in 2016, 2017. I did my first trifecta. 2018, I think I did four trifecta. Last year I did six, I think. So it just it just kind of keeps rolling and it sort of shows you, you know, you can you can you can get better. And so I finally, I think the first time that I got up the rope in a race was in a stadium where it was it was dry. Uh it was, you know, Dodger or one of the LA stadiums. And I remember our uh, sort of our support crew, you know, Bibiana and, and the rest of the family sitting up in the bleachers and they had the video going and, and I got up it and I, I rang the bell and I got down. And, yeah, I got it. Right. And, and I'm looking at them and I, I think they were filming me, but then I'm like, wait a minute. I, I don't think the camera's pointing the right direction. And they look over and there's this guy, gosh, I can't remember. I think, I think he, so he runs without a shirt and I think he writes uh-huh. uh, El Capitan on his chest he wears a sombrero guys all ripped. So I'm, I'm all proud that I finally got up the rope, which I'm so tall. It's only like two poles for me really. <laughs> and, and this guy, he just, he just like, I look over, he's doing the donkey Kong thing where he grabbed two ropes and he's going, you know, one hand on each rope and he just goes up with his arms and yeah, it was pretty impressive. So I don't, I don't blame, <laughs> blame them for photo and videoing him instead, but now, uh, you know, so got to get better. We hung a rope in the backyard. And we practice it, uh-huh. my son and I, and and so now it's one I love to do. But there are also that time, those times where, I don't know, depending on how I ran my race or my race plan or how the series of obstacles stacked up or how I feel that that given day, I might get to that rope at the end of the race and have my sort of core so fried that I just can't even like lift my knees and get up the rope. So there are days where that's maybe you know one of my one of my easiest obstacles and there are days where sometimes it's my hardest obstacle. Definitely. Yeah. That one is tricky. And I, I, I think I, I don't know. In my experiences, I feel like I have came across different size ropes <laughs> so, yeah. that have been different at the races where I know it's probably sounds like an excuse, but it's like, I swear that at one location, the rope was skinnier than the rest and I couldn't, I couldn't climb it. I couldn't grip it right. I don't know, but it's tough. And especially if it's after a water obstacle or I mean the mud obstacles and at the end of the race, it's like extra hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I I, I have the same idea that some of them are a little different and then some just get worn out. Like they'll get, um, they get slicker or, or slipper oh, yeah. or I, I don't know if you've had any, have you run any super muddy Spartans anywhere? I have not. No, I haven't had the pleasure. Luckily <laughs> <laughs> I, I ran, I don't know why it seems like some of my harder races end up being 
sprints, the what's now a 5K distance. But that first one I ever <laughs> did was, was certainly a tough one. And then, oh, gosh, gosh, a couple years ago, I don't know, maybe it was 2018 or something like that. I did a, a, a Spartan sprint outside of Houston, Texas. And, you know, they get, they get lots of thunderstorms and there's lots of, lots of mud and stuff like that there. So I, 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 I don't know what I was thinking, but I, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going all in on this stuff. Right. So I was studying a self-defense system at the time called Krav Maga. And mm-hmm. I wanted to take the test, like the belt test to see if I was going to level up, <laughs> if I could, I could pass the test. And I was working out of town in Houston. They only do them on the weekends. So I said, well, I'll stay for Saturday and I'll take the, I'll take the belt test. And oh, gosh, there's a, there's a Spartan sprint the same, same day. I go, I'll, <laughs> I'll belt test at 5 a.m. It's, it's a four hour test. So I'll, I'll mm-hmm. belt test from five to 9 a.m. And then I'll shower off and I'll drive out and I'll do this sprint like midday. And, and the guys at the, at the crowd gym were like, okay, that's not going to work. Like, that's not a good idea. But if for some reason you're going to do that and, and, you, and you successfully do it, you're at least like, you probably just want to hang out uh, for the rest of the weekend. You're not going to want to fly back to California. I'm, like, ah, I'm too stubborn, right? So yeah, literally I, I did the, this belt test, exhausting from 5 to 9 a.m. Uh, mm-hmm. Had a great partner. We, we both passed and then met some friends from work. And we did this, did this sprint. And of course I had to ignore all the advice and jump on a flight back to California that same, same evening. But the race turned out to be ridiculously muddy. It had rained for days. You know, people's shoes are coming off everywhere. There's a, there's a line of people at the, at the slip wall because people just couldn't get up it. And the rope again at the very end, and even as tall as I am, six, six, four, six, five, I couldn't reach high enough on the rope to get to a point where it wasn't caked in mud. So once again, <laughs> I finished a, uh, finished a very, very slow sprint with uh, doing burpees after the rope with uh, some friends with me going like, you know, you don't have to do all 30. You're in the open category. And I'm like, nope, I'm, uh, I'm doing my 30. I hate that. <laughs> like I didn't finish. I have to do it. Got to do it. It's like honor it. Like, but yeah, no, I respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that rope is a crazy one. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> I, I I still have problems with it. I'm still learning how to actually, you know, the proper technique of using my feet. Because mm-hmm. uh, my first time I actually got up the rope, I used just my arms and I ripped my hands and it was just terrible. <laughs> oh, it's awesome that you can do it though. But yeah, a lot of these have technique, right? And that's kind of the fun is getting to learn them. And then they come out with new obstacles or they make an existing obstacle harder. That new, um, I forget what it's called now, the, the sort of angled wall that has the holes, the chains, and the and the rock holds. And now they made it even super slippery. That That is tough mm-hmm. for me. Oh, uh, what is that called? The Olympus? Oh, uh, yeah, Olympus. Exactly. Exactly. That thing yes. has my number right now. I, I have. I finally figured it out, and then they made it slippery. I'm there with you, except, uh, well, I haven't got to do one in a race yet. Okay. But I have really strong grip strength in my hand, but my finger strength isn't that great. And on those rock, because I haven't done rock climbing in the rock climbing gyms, Mm. and 
I don't have that finger grip strength or whatever for those little those grip things and I it showed me a weakness that I actually have to work on well now you know what you gotta work on yeah Yeah. you know I know I know (laughs) one that that gets a lot of people especially people that are new maybe to Spartan that that nobody ever practices is a spear throw and somebody just commented to me about that the other day and, and I think it's still by percentage the highest failure rate obstacle in Spartan racing but this is this is uh you know maybe this goes again to to how how you train and, and what your mindset of training is. If, uh, do you know who Kevin Gelati is? I'm not sure if I'm saying his last name right. I do not. So he is, I will say, unfortunately, <laughs> maybe I should say fortunately because he pushes me. He, he is, I think he was a Spartan pro elite. Uh, he runs in the age group category and I moved from open to age group. So unfortunately now I have to run against this guy in my age group. And uh-huh. he... If you follow the guy on Instagram, he trains like a maniac every single day. And he's wow. he has been doing this for decades before Spartan and with other things. He is an amazing uh, gifted athlete and the way he trains, I, it shows up. So he, I, I had asked him at one point something related to burpees. And, you know, I've heard people say, well, practice burpees so that if you fail an obstacle and you got to do 30 burpees and move on, you're suited to that and it's not going to crush you or be that much of a, of a time penalty. In fact, maybe you could do 30 burpees faster than the next person who failed the obstacle. Well, Kevin's mindset is completely different. He goes, I'm never training for burpees. I don't like them and I never want to do them, especially in a race. <laughs> so he's more like, I'm not going to train for failure. I'm going to train for success. So he had a goal last year of throwing something like, I think he practiced the spear throw 5,000 times in 2019 there just in his backyard so that he made sure he just never failed that obstacle again. Wow. (laughs) That's, that's cool. That's, that's kind of crazy, but that's cool. That's, that's dedication. Like, yeah. Yeah. I guess we're we're all a little crazy, right? Right. I don't think anybody that loves Spartan is sane. <laughs> yeah, we're not quite right. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, um, what else can I share with you that would that would benefit your audience? Um, I do not know right now. I'm actually really pressed for time. Okay. So we can wrap this up and we could definitely talk more though later <laughs> i don't know how <laughs> on, on whose podcast or <laughs> on live or something yeah absolutely love to continue the the conversation uh i mean maybe if if nothing else and w- want to respect your time here at the top of the hour um if it's okay can i leave you with a quick sort of training tip or challenge oh definitely i'd appreciate that okay i i just love you know when people come on i want i want sort of actionable stuff and, and i love to try to share things that i can so this one's it's kind of cool i shared on on another podcast not too long ago and this goes back to integrating physical training with with mental and, and with breath so and and it's well suited for this because this uh, from what i've read this dates back to how the spartan warriors trained um you know a long time ago so 2000 years ago now this year. So um, if you, uh, so we, we tend to do this sort of between 
sets of, of a workout. So your heart rate's already up. Your breathing is already, you know, rapid and we'll, we'll take, let's say three minutes. So I don't know, you could be doing some squats or some burpees or something. And so you're going to take three minutes, two minutes, four minutes, whatever you want to do between that and your next set of burpees. And you're just going to go for a, go for a run or a, or a, uh, a jump rope or, or whatever you have to do from a cardio perspective. Right. But do it before you run off and, and run, get a mouth, a sip full of water, get a mouthful of water. And you're going to go do your, your run with that same mouthful of water. So don't spit it out. Don't swallow it. Run your three minutes with a mouthful of water. And, and it's, it's a simple thing, but it's really intriguing to see how it makes you adjust your pace to be able to maintain breathing to your heart rate that's sustainable. And you, you know, your mind might even play some weird tricks on you. Like you feel like you're drowning. Like how, how can I be drowning? <laughs> you know, like I'm breathing. And, and so it's really an opportunity to sort of look at, at the state of your mind as you train as well. I imagine actually drowning. <laughs> I, accidentally breathing the water down the wrong tube. No, no. Yeah. But. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the, the fun of it, right? Is, is, are you perpetuating the fear or are you kind of directing your mind to, to just, you know, do it and get through it because really, you know, you can. So right. yeah, give that a try or for anybody listening, it's, it's sort of a fun thing to play with as you train. And, and again, I read this, got this from a coach of mine, but also read it in a book about how the ancient Spartans trained. Has it helped your burpees? <laughs> I don't think anything's going to help my burpees except more burpees. <laughs> I like, because it's like burpees are a cardio exercise, right? Like burpees, you know, I have such respect for people who can, can do burpees, especially fast burpees. You know, I've, I've, I've seen my son and I went and watched a, a team of six people here in San Diego that did, they set a Guinness world record for, the most co-ed team burpees in 24 hours. So we stopped by to cheer them on. That was super cool. And then you see some people that do it for time. Like how fast can I do a hundred burpees? And you know, I, for me under 10 minutes is, um, is great. And you see some people knocking it out in six minutes, uh, oh, you know, wow. so just that. And, and again, it's, um, I, I don't know about you, but one of the things for me with burpees is I feel like they really add up. You know, maybe I give me enough time. Last, last, uh, what do we call nine eleven now? We call it Patriot Day or something like that. I don't know. Last September eleventh, <laughs> I I just like I wanted to do a workout in something some way that was sort of connected to something meaningful. So I did nine hundred and eleven burpees, uh, nine hundred eleven burpees by myself. It took me a long time, oh, wow. but just I just kept plodding away at it. Um, but you know, you see you see people who, and, and that's because. For me, you know, after I do 10 or 15 or 20 burpees, it's like, I got, I got to take a breath. Yeah. Um, and you see people that can just go and go and go. And I'm so impressed by it. Yeah. Yeah. That part. <laughs> yeah. I have to do 10 little 10 increments, but get them done. Well, let me, uh, I'll on this, on this note, we all love burpees. I'll, I'll leave you with this then about that, because I know. I asked you, what are some of the goals you have and that maybe are a little scary, but that you want to go after? And you mentioned hurricane heat. So I think the most burpees I've ever done consecutively without stopping for that breath was around 60. 
and it was part of a group exercise near the end of the four hour hurricane heat I did last year. So we, uh, did our you know, four hours, three or four hours At or the so end? Yeah, near the end, near the end. We, you know, somebody had to go up from our group and lead. And as a team, we had to move as a team and we just had to do burpee after burpee after burpee. You don't even know how many you're going to do. So again, it kind of gets back to your mindset. It's, we're just going to do burpees. Right. I can, I can focus on the unknown or I can just focus on what I know is doing the next burpee and doing it in sync with my team. And checking on on the guy or gal next to me. Hey, you doing okay? Okay, keep going. You got this. And we, uh, yeah, we did sixty without stopping uh, at the pace we could move as a team. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, eventually they saw us working as a team and said, "Okay, you're you know you're good. You're done with burpees." Right. Do, do you feel that having that team aspect made it easier? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, you're. <laughs> You're, they keep you going when you need it and you keep them going and you can always sort of get out of your own pity party and focus instead of, you know, can I support the people around me and how do I do that? Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. Okay. Well, it has been a pleasure having you, Michael. I, I, yeah, I could talk to you for hours about Spartan stuff, to be honest. <laughs> uh, pick your brain a little bit. But, um, uh, yeah, thank you for having, I mean, thank you for being on and sharing about everything that you have going on. I look forward to learning more about your mindset training stuff. Yeah, of course. I, I had, I know we rescheduled this a couple of times. I did. And, and, uh, I appreciate you bearing with me. Huge honor and pleasure to come on and, and talk with you again and to share a little bit. And yeah, whatever you need, if, uh, if there's some way you'd like me to follow up, if we do do it again further, or we just end up getting together to train any or all of the above. And if any of this is helpful or interesting to people and they want to reach out to me, they're, they're more than welcome to do that as well. I, I love meeting new people and talking. So mm-hmm. yeah. What are, what are your social media handles? Yeah, sure. Instagram. I'm more active there than Facebook, but in both places, it's at the man of mastery. And the website is just manofmastery.com. So those are easy places to connect up, see what's going on, um, get links to the latest podcast episodes, like the one that will be coming out with you about unrelenting humans here pretty soon. Or just awesome. you know email me or message me if, if you have questions or you want to reach out. Okay. Definitely. And you're on YouTube now too, right? YouTube as well. So when your interview on Man of Mastery airs, we will have the video up there of that one. Oh my God. (laughs) That's going to be so cool. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Michael. And we will talk soon. All right. Thank you again so much for having me. That was an incredible interview with Michael Bullock, the man of mastery himself. Uh, If you do not follow him on Instagram and Facebook at man of mastery, also on YouTube. um, I really love his mindset training and what he is doing. I think he implements it with his own son who is the creator of Bullock Spartan Adventures. 
uh, Michael Bullock Jr. If you follow him or if you follow Swartin, you know this kid. He's amazing. He does 20 push-ups a day for 2020, and he has been doing it every day consistently. He is the epitome of pure grit. I love it. So if that gives you any type of incantation of who Michael is and what he does and just he's amazing so with that being said don't forget to like subscribe and follow if you listen to his podcast Man of Master you will get so many gems and it will help you in your mindset training whether you're trying to overcome addiction or recovering from an injury or just trying to improve in your career so you get a lot of gems there. I am currently on my way to have another surgery. Um, so that is why you hear cars in the background. <laughs> so wish me luck and thank you for listening.